Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from our listeners. This week, I want to thank Michelle and Sonali for supporting this show through Patreon. For as little as 5 10 or $20 a month, you can express your love for this program and help us pay the monthly bills. Bills we pay to keep this show online, in the world, and coming to you every week. Not only that, you get two exclusive bonus episodes of the show every month. I also want to thank our donors through PayPal. Thank you, Andrea, for your recent donation. And our deepest thanks also to Valerie, Terry, John, Heather, Ed, Scott, and Ginny for supporting us every single month for years. We wouldn't have made it this far without you. If you love this show, please help pay for it. Visit the links in the show notes or on our website, thebittersweetlife.net, and click the donate button. Thank you so much. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks. Katie is away this week, but we are joined by Asia Dawn Simonelli. Hello. Who is an expat, an American expat living here in Rome, and but she's got an incredible story and I'm really excited to get into it with her to talk not just about her story and her past and her path, but also the way that she is helping women to become empowered. And I just find that really exciting. So I'm so excited to talk with you. Yay. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to chat. So you are a writer, a coach, a speaker, a world traveler, and an expat. Did I miss anything? Ooh, I feel like that's a pretty good summary of what I do and who I am. But yes, I uh, I have a passion for international travel. And while I was traveling, I came up with the idea to launch my own coaching business for single women. So, Okay, before we get into that, I want to ask you if you'll share with us the story of you know how you came to become a relationship coach. And I personally read about this story in Huffington Post because you have an article that went viral, but it's from a few years ago. So if you can sort of describe a little bit of your path that you talk about in that article and also what you've been up to since then. Okay, yes. So I did write that article. So we'll, we'll just give the title. After my divorce at 32, I left the country and never came back. I can see why that is an article that would go viral. Like I can see why people would click on that. Props to my editor. She did an amazing job with that title. But yes, so I, um, like the story said, so I was in San Diego. I had been in a relationship for eight years before he proposed. So like all of my 20s, we were together. We were living together, basically like acting like we were married, but we weren't. We got married after nine years. And then two and a half months later, he told me we had made a mistake to get married. What was the first thing that went through your mind at that moment? Besides, I'm going to kill you. Like, no, like I was in so much shock. This makes no sense. I don't understand. Like, this can't be. And I, of course, was extremely shocked, depressed, angry, all the things, and tried to really, like, save it. I was like, maybe he's just freaking out because we got married. Because what has changed, honestly, right? We were already, like, we already had, like, shared finances, a shared car, a shared home. Like, it was just very much like, okay, we're just taking this next step. And I was just very scared and, but I think I was also in a denial for a while because I really wanted to save it because it was just such an abrupt thing. I can imagine. And it's such a short amount of time. I mean, to, to feel like, hey, you didn't even give it a chance. 
Yeah. And there's like a lot that goes into this and looking back at my younger self and the relationship I was in. And it's funny because no one said, oh my gosh, Asia, don't marry this guy. You know, it was nothing like my family and friends loved him. There were no red flags. No, but looking back now, I know listening to myself, and this is very important, like why I do the work I do, that there were some red flags and there were some feelings and some things I had suppressed. And I just didn't, I actually just didn't know I was with a narcissist and I didn't really know what that meant or any of that. And then once I started therapy while I was going through my divorce, it all made so much sense. And I was able to really get through it and just make more sense of it all versus trying to like force something and, and change him as a person. Okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. Now, what I really want to get into is the travel and the move abroad that happened after. So I would love to hear like, if there was a moment where you were like, you know what, I'm, I'm changing the script. Because on this show, we talk a lot about changing the script, about letting go of the rope, about choosing a different path for yourself that's not the path that you know, your mother has planned for you or, or that your friends are doing. You know, your own path, your own particular, whatever it might be. It does not have to necessarily involve living abroad, but there are certain people who feel like they have a different path. And so I'd love to hear about your decision to move abroad or to go traveling, which is what you did first. When were you like, okay, I'm leaving my job, I'm going? Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> this is so good. So while I was going through all this, I mean, it took months, the whole divorce process, are you in, are you out, all of that. I remember thinking like when we finally were like, okay, the paperwork was filed. I was like, why am I doing anything that doesn't make me happy? Why am I doing something, anything at all, whether it's work, anything in life that doesn't bring me joy because life is short, life is uncertain. Things can change in a moment. That was a thing. You, you know, you think something's like certain and then a, a flash second, it changes. So I had this thought. I was like, what makes me happy? What makes me happy? Because I wasn't feeling happy. Obviously, I was going through this divorce. And I was like, travel. Travel makes me so happy. I grew up traveling with my family all the time. I traveled with my job. I was very unhappy in my job at the time. I was um, in the corporate world. I was a brand manager at a cosmetics company. and I was- Which sounds like a big dream job for a lot of people. But if you weren't happy in it, you weren't happy in it. Exactly. I, it was. I got to go to New York Fashion Week, always had my nails done. I was like living the dream in some ways. And then other ways, it was just a toxic environment. I didn't like what I was doing. I went to grad school. Like, exactly like you said, I followed this path. I was in this relationship. I got my master's. I had a great job. I was living by the beach. It all seemed really great. And then when this explosion kind of happened, it like brought everything to the surface. And I was like, I'm actually not happy in this job. I've been wanting to move abroad forever, but I haven't because I've wanted to stay here with him in this relationship. Now is the time to go abroad. So I decided about when I was going to put in my notice and how I was going to move back in with my parents at the age of 31, I think at the time, or 32, save up. And then I was going to travel. And what made you choose Latin America? I just have this passion for Latin cultures and languages and I had studied Spanish in college. I was already using my Spanish in some ways and like other jobs I had. I just want to go somewhere where I can speak Spanish. I just, I was called there and I didn't know why I went, I was like, okay, Ecuador, why Ecuador? Because that's where I started. I literally just went on this website and put down all the different places I was interested in going for like a work exchange. It's called Workaway, the website. And this group reached out to me. They're like, oh, we're running a children's summer camp in Quito looking for someone who speaks Spanish and English and would like to help in exchange for free accommodation. Sure. That is so cool. From one day to the next, I'm going to Ecuador. Yeah. 
What did your family and your friends think? It's so funny because my family's always been very supportive and my dad traveled the world, um, you know, when he was finished with the university and everything too. And everyone was just like, you know, okay, like be safe. We get it. And we're going to visit you. So my family actually visited me a few months into my journey when I was solo traveling. Some people that are more close-minded or just like don't have the same vision of, you know, solo travel and packing up and leaving. They just thought it was crazy. And they're like, you're basically going to get robbed, kidnapped, all the above. What are you doing? Why are you going to South America by yourself? (laughs) Did you plan to stay in Ecuador or did you hope to hop around? Did you have a plan in mind or were you just going by the seat of your pants? I did not have a plan in mind. I was going like day by day, week by week. Like I just had that. I was like, starting here feels good. It's three weeks. I'll meet some cool people. And I did. I met this girl. And I was like, where are you going next? She's like, I'm going to Columbia. I was like, sounds good. (laughs) So we were just like traveling together, backpacking. And she really helped me learn how to be a strong, like female solo traveler who like lived off of $25 a day all in, you know, and it was just incredible. Like the friendships I made on that trip. And then we like eventually parted ways and I kept going north and she had to fly back to New Zealand. Did you work in all the places that you went or were you sometimes just purely traveling? Ooh, I didn't work at all on this trip. So when I quit my corporate job, I saved up. So you didn't work for the kids' summer camp in in Quito? Oh, that was like volunteering for three weeks just to get started. Okay, got it. Yeah, and then, you know, there were other opportunities along the way. I also volunteered and slept on a tent in the beach and helped with like after the earthquake in another part of Ecuador and like rebuilding homes and So it was like a mix, I guess, along the way of like volunteer in exchange for housing and then just me staying in hostels, which was also a great experience because most people were 22 and I was like 10 years older than them. And I I felt like the wiser (laughs) woman, you know, but also just got to live that life. Did you do a lot of traveling? I know you said you traveled with your family when you were a kid. Did you do a lot of traveling in your 20s? I always found a way to somehow incorporate travel in my life. So whether it was every year, like going somewhere with my friends or my boyfriends, girls trips or my corporate jobs, I was like, no, I really want to start helping you with business development in Latin America, for example. And I did an international MBA. So I went all over with that, which was amazing. But I never got to stay away for more than, you know, a few weeks at a time. Now, when did the decision come to move, to truly move to Mexico City? Because I know that's where you ended up for a while. Yes. As I was traveling, I kept thinking, could I see myself here? Could I live here? Because I really wanted a change. I really wanted, I was like, I don't have to go back to San Diego. San Diego is amazing, but I don't have to go back. I can do whatever I want. I don't have a job. What do I want to do? I'm not sure, but where do I want to live? That was like my first thing. Like, where's home for me? And at first I fell in love with Colombia. I was there for nine weeks. It's an amazing country. Then when I got to Mexico, I was like, no, this is it. Because as all the wonderful things about Colombia, everyone's so warm and friendly, the food, the culture, amazing, beaches, cities, all the things. And it's way closer to home. The good next step where I could try living in a big city. And I had one friend in Mexico City that did her MBA with me. That's lucky. Yeah. And I said, where should I live? That's where I finished my one-year backpacking solo trip was in Mexico City, staying at her house for a couple weeks. And she goes... Asia, as like a young single entrepreneur, you want to be in Mexico City. Okay. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love that yes answer. I think that that's such such a good place to go 
especially when you're at a crossroads in your life, just say yes. I don't know. I feel like there's some guru or something who says like, just say yes to every opportunity that comes your way and something good is bound to happen. Yes. And there's a book called The Year of Yes, I think by Shonda Rhimes. Have you heard of it? I knew I'd heard. I, I have. That must have been where I, I am getting this from, but I have not read it. Yeah. I think I read it probably around this time because right when you go through some sort of life event that turns everything upside down, like you can do whatever you want with it, right? So I remember trying to surround myself with inspiring people, books, podcasts, all the things. And did you feel like your time traveling in Latin America and South America helped you heal? Or do you think that you would have, was it the time that healed or was it what you were doing? That's a great question. So I think, well, I know that some things can take time and time will help. But if you're not intentional with your time, like it's just not going to, things won't change. You can still be hung up on your ex or whatever. So if you are intentional, it might still take time with your healing. But I used my travels as a way to practice being on my own. I'd never lived on my own and sharing my story because I had a lot of shame around my story. I was the first one of all my friends and family to ever go through a divorce. And I was like, I'm what the heck? Like, seriously, like, what? And so I was with these, I want to call it like 20 something year olds who hadn't been married yet. And I slowly started to share my story. And I saw how much it was helping them because they wanted to share their stories with me. And then they were like, oh my gosh, I'm like, and look at you now, you're such a bad, like, whatever. <laughs> and it made me feel so much better. Like, it was very healing to learn to like open up and share and then be on my own and make my own decisions and just really live for me and not for someone else in their life and their dreams. That's wonderful. Is that where you first got the idea to maybe think about coaching? Yes, I remember it clearly. I was in Nicaragua and doing a one month like language intensive staying with the host family, learning, practicing Spanish. And one of my friends there, a new friend, also traveling, she said, hey, have you ever thought of becoming a life coach? And I said, no, I don't really know what that is. What do you, you know? And she's like, no, I think you'd be really, really good at it. And so then I just started doing some research and I was like, oh my gosh, because all I want to do is help other women. That was the thing before too, like what I was doing before, like marketing, it was interesting, but I didn't feel like it was really helping people in the way that I really wanted to have an impact in helping specifically other women. And so that's when the seed was planted and then I just took action from there. That's great. And I did read on your website that you have gone through certain training programs as well. You're not just pulling it out of your, you know, right. wherever. You, you actually have the foundation for this stuff. Yes, exactly. So when I went back, I um, started going with this group. Sorry, when you say I went back, what do you mean by that? Oh my gosh, good point. So I, <laughs> I finished my trip in Mexico City and then I flew back to San Diego. And that's when I spent a little bit of time figuring out my move and everything. And when I got um, my first life coaching certification, it was based out of LA. So I did a little stint there and then it was all online. So when I went back to the United States to kind of like regroup and move to Mexico City, that's when I started pursuing all of my coaching certifications. Okay, I got it. So you, you, you visited Mexico City as a tourist and then you went back to the States to like get your life in order so you could permanently or at least for a while, move to Mexico City. Yes. And what did you do in Mexico City? Was it only the coaching or did you have a a second job as well? I think at that point I had four or five jobs because I went from living steady income corporate life to I'm going to figure this out. I don't have clients yet. So I hired a business coach. I really believe in coaching for anything. It's really going to help you. So I was like, okay, I'm launching a business, hire a business coach. 
So I've been blogging the whole time. I had a travel blog called Wandering Dawn, which I haven't kept up, but I'm like, I kind of want to go revisit it. And um, I was like, wow, I really have this passion for writing. So we haven't talked about writing that much. And then when I came back, I also was like, okay, I, want, I would like some side freelance work. And through a friend of a friend, I applied to someone's copywriting company, like their publishing company. And I started off doing ghostwriting. Yes. Are you familiar with ghostwriting? Yes. Yeah. And yes. so I was writing for like <laughs> some really interesting clients influencers and, and also corporations. But I really was, um, I was writing like a Forbes column for someone. Like I just had all this experience writing and I was like, wow, this is great. And then eventually I was like, okay, well now I'd love to write more for myself. And I know I can also help people more directly than just going through this other company. So that's one of my jobs. And then I, the most interesting job I had was a, how do I describe this? I was traveling to Latin America, which was so cool to help this pet food company source ingredients, namely seafood for the pet food. So I was touring like fish plants and going to meetings with these people speaking in Spanish, all these businessmen touring these plants. I can't even. So I had several jobs. Yeah. I think all expats can relate to that. Now, a lot of our listeners are aspiring expats, the dream of moving abroad or they're planning on it, they're trying it. I know that obviously now you're living in Italy. I know that you're an Italian citizen. So work and living visas are not an issue for you. Did you have to get any particular visas or work documents to live and work in Mexico as an American? I'm pausing because I'm like, well, technically (laughs) I was there as a tourist the entire time. So as an American, fun fact, we have the six month thing. So you can be there for up to six months and then you have to leave and then you can come back. And those who know me, I'm never in one place for more than six months. Like, Mm -hmm. so I was going to the US or traveling around. And so every time I came back in, I would cross the border. And the only comment I got once was, wow, you really love Mexico from someone at the border check. And so I just kept calling both of those my homes. But legally, San Diego was still my residence. And I just was running my own business based out of California and everything all online. So I didn't choose to work in Mexico. A quick aside to help you shop for summer clothes of the best quality, you must check out Fairty. They're a family-run clothing company that prioritizes sustainable fibers and non-toxic dyes, and they even ship their clothes in an environmentally friendly way. I own three of their shirts, and I absolutely love them. In fact, Tiffany, I'm wearing one right now. They are so soft and comfortable, and they are the perfect blend of casual and classic. You know when you're searching for that ideal summer outfit, that shirt, that dress that feels like you've had them for years, maybe a gorgeous print that fits so perfectly and feels almost too good to be vintage, but still looks like it might be? Well, that's Fairty. And they're so confident in the quality of their stuff, they have a lifetime guarantee of quality. They'll replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. And to top it all off, Fairty is giving Bittersweet Life listeners 20% off. 20%. So shop now for new summer clothes. Head to fairdbrand.com and enter the promo code bittersweet at checkout for 20% off your order. Now, back to the show. So now we're getting slowly, slowly caught up to the present. I met you a few months ago through a friend, through a mutual friend. You live in Rome, but I mean, you live in Rome now. I don't know where... First of all, when did the decision to come to Italy come about? Did you leave Mexico indefinitely? Are you planning to go back there? What's going on in your life right now? And why did you come to Italy? Wow. Sorry, that's a big question. <laughs> it's a fair question. 
Um, so when I was in Mexico City, I had a lot of fun dating there and I met an Italian and we were together for a little over a year. Or right before I met him, I got my Italian citizenship like through my family and my Italian passport. And so I was really excited to use it. I kept thinking, oh, well, now I'll just go with my boyfriend. Things did not work out with said boyfriend. So I was like, well, you know, I was cultivating this community of Italians in my life. I had Italian roommate, Italian boyfriend all in Mexico City. I was like, well, naturally the next step is Italy because I'm in love with Italy. I've already had so much experience here in Mexico. So another thing, like, I hope this is inspiring to people. I was like, I'm just going to, someone tagged me in a Facebook post. That's it. I'm in a Facebook group for like female digital nomads. And someone tagged me saying, Asia, this should, this would be interesting for you. A Sicilian family posted, we're looking for a digital marketing expert who can help us, who speaks English and some Italian, which loosely I spoke some Italian. I was like, sure, that's me. Can help us turn our villa into a co-living space. So come and exchange, does this sound familiar? And exchange for free housing if you can help us with this project. Nice. So we did a video call and um, she was like, yeah, I'm thinking about letting people stay for a few days. I'm like, well, I'm coming from Mexico. Can I stay for a few weeks? So I packed, not knowing how long I was going to go, but with every intention of returning to Mexico City because I still had my apartment there. I still love Mexico City. But once I arrived in Italy, I knew. I was like, I'm actually not going back. And when, how long ago was this? That was about eight months ago. And I ended up in Rome. So, I mean, to keep the story brief, like when that kind of finished, I was still here. We were still in the pandemic. I came during the pandemic just because I had my citizenship. I was able to enter and I saw different parts of Italy. And when I arrived in Rome in February, I was like, this is it. This is it. This is my home. And my Italian friends had all told me, like, Asia, Rome is you. You and Rome. Your personality is Rome. And I was like, I don't know. Milan is great, too. Like, I fall in love with everywhere I go. <laughs> I'm kind of the same. Yeah. But then I was like, no, Rome is it. And I'm even looking into buying in Rome. And I've never felt that committed to a place. Wow. That's saying a lot for someone who doesn't stay places more than six months. I was in Mexico City for three years. You just said you never stay anywhere for more than six months. So I was just <laughs> repeating your words. I guess you meant without traveling. What happened to your apartment in, uh, in Mexico City? Okay. I hate loose threads. Gosh, okay. Well, I was still paying for it. And my dad was like, Asia, what are you doing? And I was like, my best friends are there, you know? And I was like, it was hard for me to let it go. I mean, this was a big decision. And um, I finally just gave notice and said, I will not, you know, I'm going to stay here. So you're, you're Roman now. I'm Roman now. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> yes. And I was reading a little bit about your relationship coaching outlook on your website. Very exciting stuff. I love this. I wrote this down because it just spoke to me. Three things you want to do if you've had this experience in your life or you, you know, you're having a difficult time getting over your ex. Break free from the past create space for healthy love and step into personal power. And I thought, you know, that's so universal. Like, I think that could apply to so many different parts of your life, not only just leaving someone. Yes. Oh my gosh. So mindset is really everything. And if you think about it, like if you have anxiety, why are you anxious? You're probably worrying about something that happened in the past or about something that's going to happen in the future. And so like when I say break free from the past, there's so much you can do to like clear up your mindset around whatever has happened in your life, you know, and reframing those beliefs and, and then like stepping into an empowering future that you get to create. So instead of like worrying about everything, like, am I going to meet someone or when's it going to happen? Or 
Am I going to be able to make this move? You really get to take control of your thoughts because the whole dynamic is your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings create your actions and your actions create your results. It's as simple as that. So when you learn how to pick better thoughts for yourself and focus on those, you can, right, break free from your past and step into your personal power and just like create the future for yourself that you've always wanted. I love that. I love that kind of stuff. (laughs) I'm all for that. Um, And you also talked about living in alignment with your highest self. That's the goal, I think, for most, most humans. Like that's like the ideal that we could all be hoping and working towards. Yes. And I think it, it goes back to what I said when I was like, just as simple as what makes me happy. I was going through such a hard time. Wait a second. There's things that make me happy. What is it? And travel was what came to mind first. And I think anything that really lights you up in that way is in alignment with your higher self. You know, you have different voices in your head. And if you hear something that's more fear-based and kind of like negative, that's not in alignment with your higher self. So I would just say, ask yourself every day, like, what do I want? What do I need? And get quiet and listen. I love that. One of the other things I read on your website was how important it is to get out of your comfort zone in order to heal and move forward. For somebody who maybe doesn't have the opportunity to go traveling for a year or to move abroad, maybe somebody who has kids or somebody who really just loves the job that they have and don't want to leave that, what could they do to step out of their comfort zone? First of all, why do you think that's so important, stepping out of your comfort zone to healing and moving forward and what you could do that isn't maybe as dramatic as your path was? Yeah, everyone doesn't need to be that dramatic. Um, I would say that healing is uncomfortable, first of all it's uncomfortable. And so it's learning how to sit with that discomfort is part of the process. And so getting outside of your comfort zone and doing other activities, like it could be just honestly picking up a new skill. Maybe you're not able to go travel, but you really want to learn the language and you put yourself out there and you start going to language classes or language exchange. That's, I think that's putting yourself out there because you learning a language is quite different, you know, down the road. So just allowing yourself to feel maybe like uncomfortable or embarrassed or whatever it is in whatever way that, like whatever comes through to you. So if, if we talk about travel, I would say like picking up a skill, like language, cooking, whatever, like learning a new cuisine, like that's like putting yourself out there because we, the whole idea is like breaking the routine because you can get caught up in routine and it's fine. Like routine creates stability, which is fantastic. But in order to like give yourself some more growth, what can you add to your routine or what can you do to break away from your day to day? So those are a couple examples that come from the top of my head. You talked a little bit about freedom, about freedom in general, about, you know, you said I wanted freedom from the corporate life mm-hmm. and freedom. I don't know if you said freedom from, I don't know if you said freedom from the United States, but maybe freedom, <laughs> freedom with your time. Maybe you said, I can't remember. But the one that really stuck out to me was freedom from caring what other people think. Oh my gosh. Yes. And it is like something that I get to focus on every day because I, as much as I like to say, I completely like have left that behind. I mean, there's social media, there's society, there's just like everyone doing their own thing. And so what's the most important is to keep it in your own lane always bring it back to yourself. But yeah, like I still have my moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this person thinking right now? But it doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter. And you will drive yourself crazy if you keep worrying about that. And then you're just pulling yourself away further from your truth. So bring it back to you. And yeah, freedom is definitely one of my top values in life in all areas. And so 
It really is. I've I've uh, come to learn that even more this year. Katie, uh, of course, my amazing co-host, she always says, I don't care what other people think of me, or she's learned not to care what other people think of her, because she's discovered that other people don't think of anyone. <laughs> people, people just don't think of you. People think about themselves. They're way too, everybody's way too busy to think about, thinking about themselves to think about others. That's exactly it. People are more just caught up in their own lives. And what I will add to that is if someone has some sort of opinion on you, and I will say, oh, the biggest practice was when my HuffPost article went viral two separate times. The first time I read the comments, don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. I discovered internet trolls and people were saying really mean things. And my dad's like, who are these people? You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. And as I've evolved and learned over time, what people think of you has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. Exactly. So. I, say, I say that to my five-year-old all the time. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a life lesson. And yeah, I love what Katie said. People just, everyone's concerned about themselves in their own lives. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like this, I got to add a little personal thing in here. A long time ago, uh, there was a big rugby match here in Rome, and it was the Welsh playing the Italians. And whenever they come into town, it's this huge deal, and the city fills up with Welsh people, and they have their big dragon flags, and they sing in the streets, and they make a lot of noise. And I was at a pub with some friends during this time, and there was this huge table of Welsh people sitting right next to us. And this woman leans over it into me. She says, first of all, my friends and I, we were all speaking English. She leans over, and she says, what do you Italians think of us Welsh? <laughs> And I said, I might have had a little to drink. I said, to be honest, we don't really think of you at all. <laughs> Brava. <laughs> that sounds mean. I don't mean to be mean to Welsh people. Welsh people are cool. But it's just, that's the truth. That's the truth, whether, whether, whatever it is. People are just probably not thinking about you as much as you think they are. It's so true. It's so true. It applies to everything. So where can our listeners find you if, A, they want to just follow your amazing travels on social media or if they want to get some relationship coaching or, you know, investigate that, where can they find you? So my website is asiadawn.co and it's D-A-W-N. Um, and my Instagram is where I put all the things um, at asiadawn. Okay, that is great. And we will make sure to put these links in our show notes as well. So thank you so much for being with us. Uh, thank you. It was so fun. And this has been The Bittersweet Life. Join us again. Bye. Katie here. Before you go, I want to remind you that we would love to do a show about your unrealized dream fulfilled. What experience did you live that was amazing but unexpected? Or maybe you didn't know you would love something, but you did. Record your story in a voice memo and send it to us at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. If you're feeling shy, you can also write your story in an email as well. We want to hear from you. Write us or send a voice memo to bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. And if you forget that address, you can always visit our website, thebittersweetlife.net, where, if you love the show, you can also click on the donation button. Don't be shy. We want to hear your story. Talk to you next week. Bye.